Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Liverpool Junkie podcast show. I'm your host Poovan and I'm finally back with another episode on this show for Liverpool FC. So in this episode I will be giving some talking points of the Liverpool and Manchester City heavyweight clash in the Premier League before the international break and some other talking points, injury news and about the sensational King Mo Salah and his sensational goal as well against Manchester City. So without further ado guys, let's get started. Before we get going, I would like to take this time to remind you, my fellow listeners, to like, share and subscribe to my YouTube page. Don't forget to click on the bell icon for notifications and you can also access my podcast episode via Spotify and do follow my podcast for upcoming episodes. I have also opened a new Instagram account for my podcast as well. Do head on over to follow the page for latest updates and team news. So guys, finally I am back at this podcast show. I do apologize first and foremost for uh, taking a uh, quite a short hiatus from the podcast show. It was just due to my current full-time work and also preparing on some personal uh, stuff from my side. Uh, just that uh, due to these clashes, I wasn't able to do the podcast episodes continuously leading up from the match against uh, Crystal Palace and then coming into Porto uh, versus Porto versus AC Milan as well. Uh, I think I did an episode for AC Milan, for the match against AC Milan, but then I did not do a post-match review or a podcast episode for uh, the match against Porto away in Portugal and also for our heavyweight clash against Manchester City. I think it was about a week ago on Monday midnight so uh, I just took a short hiatus and now currently I'm back uh, ready to do this episode uh, despite it being late um, I hope that you guys can forgive me and I can just get straight into the podcast episode for today so guys in this episode on my first talking points will be considered not just my first talking but it will be five talking points from Liverpool's 2-2 draw against Manchester City before the international break on Sunday uh, which is considered Monday midnight uh, which is a heavyweight Premier League clash against Manchester City. So Liverpool twice led but couldn't hold on to beat Manchester City at Anfield in a back and forth game but the point is a positive after a poor first half. So. Uh, the goals uh, coming in from uh, Mani at the 58th minute, uh, Salah, uh, Mohamed Salah with a brilliant goal on the in the 76th minute. Uh, before Salah's goal, there was an equaliser from uh, Phil Foden on the 69th minute and then consequently uh, Mohamed Salah scored on the 76th minute with a fantastic goal. And then Kevin De Bruyne equalised in the 81st, 81st minute after uh, uh, accidental deflection from uh, Joel Matip to be said because uh, Alisson came off his line 
and uh, he wasn't able to save the ball which was uh, being deflected so the first talking point that i will be going in for today would be our captain jordan henderson's worrying form as of late so uh, the first half showing from the liverpool captain was as far removed as could be for what was required against manchester city um, it started with a clip cross to nobody from a promising attacking position and ended with him failing to give James Milner any kind of protection against Phil Foden two or three times in quick succession with a lot of misplaced passes in between. So, uh, talking about what I've said earlier, so there is a worrying form in terms of our captain as far as I'm concerned, which is really, really concerning me at this point in time because over the years, Jordan Henderson, who has played under Jurgen Klopp, we've always seen uh, Jordan Henderson being the um, off-ball midfielder who always tracks down his midfield opponent or the winger on the right-hand side and always supporting Trent Alexander-Arnold. Whenever Trent Alexander-Arnold, as we can always see in... But in most of the matches where uh, Trent has featured in, barring this Manchester City game, whenever you see uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold actually bombing forwards, trying to get a cross in or trying to attack from the wing-back position. We usually see uh, while the opponent is uh, trying to get a sudden attack going or and, uh, trying to get the ball into our side of the pitch, we always see the likes of especially Jordan Henderson uh, coming in from midfield and uh, trying to support uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in trying to nicking the ball away, trying to tackle, trying to harass the midfielders, trying to harass the wingers uh, in the right-hand side position. So there was, it was quite evident that in this particular season, I have witnessed it since the start of the season. I have witnessed Jordan Henderson barely doing any sort of support runs or or coming back into the defense trying to support the defense in terms of um, you know trying to get the ball back into possession or trying to uh, get the ball away from the penalty area or from the midfield area in our team so there is a concern there there are certain instances where I've seen Jordan Henderson actually misplacing a lot of passes, not only just in this Manchester City game, but I've seen it in the game match against Brentford, in the match against Crystal Palace, in most of the matches that he has featured in for us this season. I have seen him trying to um, force himself into the attacking third of the team and always miscuing the passes, miscuing the shots. Uh, there is no doubt that Jordan Henderson has a sweet right foot, which he barely uses as well. But then there are certain instances where he doesn't use it to his advantage. And I feel that that is a, cons it's a slowly, it's slowly growing into a concern. And there are certain instances where I see he, he doesn't really support he didn't really support James Milner in terms of uh, trying to track down Phil Foden or uh, Joao Cancelo who was who were trying to uh, take advantage of jo uh, James Milner, excuse me, James Milner in this particular matchup. So at the break, in fact, he had completed just 50% of his passes way below anyone else on the pitch. And in the second half, he along with about eight others stepped up considerably. That is which is 
kind of positive for this particular match at least in terms of his energy and running but then there was still uh, a little bit of looseness in possession and too many occasions where he failed to entirely track the runner or protect the fullback so like i said earlier um his willingness to actually come back into defense or try to get into the defensive position and try to support either Fabinho or Jordan uh, sorry James Milner or maybe the likes of uh, Andrew Robertson for example so these are the kind of uh, um, mistakes where Jordan Henderson was uh, actually doing um, I'm not sure whether it is how Klopp wants him wants to deploy Jordan Henderson as like uh, giving him for example the Gini Wijnaldum role so I know we've been keep on saying Gini Wijnaldum role because uh, Wijnaldum was such an instrumental player in terms of keeping the possession uh, recycling the ball trying to play from defense to attack bringing the ball from defense all the way to attack always finding for the passing spaces always looking in for runners so these are the kind of plays that Wijnaldum was doing when he was here at Liverpool but then when it comes to Jordan Henderson I can see Jordan Henderson trying to emulate what Wijnaldum has been doing over the years for Liverpool but I feel that um, it it is starting to be a cause of concern because uh, with the likes because we do have the likes of uh, Curtis Jones uh, the injured Harvey Elliott for example or we also have the likes of uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain and Nabi Keita who can actually play that role not to mention Thiago as well so I think due to injuries it could be the reason why Jordan Henderson is playing these kind of roles but then when you have a player like Curtis Jones who is a young energetic midfielder in our team uh, there is no cause of concern so he could have dropped back uh, to defend play play uh, instead of playing the 4-3-3 they could have actually played a 4-2-3-1 formation with uh, uh, Curtis Jones being the central attacking midfielder trying to dictate the passing with uh, Jota, Salah and Mane but in but in terms of the first half it was very very poor it was very very sloppy the whole team was doing careless after careless mistakes and I think that's what didn't give us the three points and only awarded us with the draw so the next uh, talking point which is the second second talking point of this Liverpool and Manchester City clash at Anfield is the magical Joel Matip so at the other end of the scale Joel Matip has enjoyed another upturn in fortunes and form and was the standout of the first 45 minutes for the Reds guys Def defensively he was the one who continually made the cutouts from passes cleared the balls from deep and played the covering role against runners behind the fullback so um, in terms of these kind of situations we have seen Joel Matip actually covering the likes of James Milner and also the likes of uh, Jordan Henderson and also Virgil van Dijk as well in terms of tracking back and trying to clear the ball away from our side of the field trying to get the ball passing uh, to the attacking third of our team so Part of that was Manchester City attacking our right so much which was so evident with the likes of uh, Phil Foden actually going uh, playing under the neck of uh, J James Milner but even when it came from the other side Matip was always in place where Virgil van Dijk wasn't once or twice. We also got to see the rampaging creative dribbling version of Matip with several searching passes into the forward speed and several runs from deep to try and get the Reds going very very unlucky to only deflect in Manchester City's second 
which was uh, like I said earlier Kevin De Bruyne's goal which actually got deflected unluckily by Matip rather than making another big block um, I don't blame him for trying to block the shot of uh, Kevin De Bruyne but then um, I do feel that Alisson at some point during that particular attack by Manchester City would have said to Joel Matip to move away from that position because he's unable to see the ball and he's only hope was to dive into the right hand side uh, hoping that uh, De Bruyne's shot is coming from there but then unfortunately Joel Matip was standing right in the way it got deflected um, I don't blame them in any shape I don't blame Matip in any sort of form because he is he has been in uh, a very good form ever since the start of the season uh, we, we, we have not lost the game in the Premier League uh, which Joel Matip has played in so with that being said um, he is still being very instrumental playing from the back trying to play a, be a ball playing centre back um, look you know with the with the capacity of players that Manchester City have with the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Phil Foden, uh, Bernardo Silva and then with the likes of Ruben Diaz, Emerick Laporte so with these kind of players in mind Joel Matip definitely st- stood out despite uh, Manchester City's depth in the uh, 11 with the first 11 on the pitch he definitely was looking for passes to Mani to Salah to Jota trying to play the true ball trying to play the true pass from the from the trying to play a lob pass for example so these are the kind of good uh, takeaways that you can uh, take from Joel Matip's performance against Manchester City so the third talking point that I would like to point out is the uh, the inclusion of James Milner as right back for this clash against Manchester City. So having to play right back once more was James Milner yet again the local vice captain and ever willing to plug whichever gap that is most required. So we were um, we were lacking in terms of depth because of the injuries to Harvey Elliott. Um, Nabi Keita also had a slight injury concern as well. Uh, we also saw the likes of Thiago getting a calf injury as well. Uh, so with these and also Trent Alexander-Arnold who was the focal point uh, in terms of these injuries. So uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold who had a uh, groin injury uh, did not travel with the team to Porto. Uh, in their victory against Porto so he set out against uh, the game against Porto and Manchester City as well due to a groin stain so with that being said uh, it was fair to say that uh, James Milner would be in line to feature against Manchester City at right back the least that is the best that we could hope for and it happened so the number seven has played full back lots of times now yet it must be kept in mind that it's not his role like I said um, even previously so he's just a utility player and a utility player he is and that is how uh, Klopp has to look at him he's not he's just like a stopgap player for the first team uh, right back that we have in Trent Alexander-Arnold so it must be kept in mind that position almost always plays against young fast technically gifted players so um, that particular right back position uh, Without the likes of uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, it was definitely a worrying sign for us. Uh, definitely Manchester City played uh, to their strengths in the right-hand side of the pitch. Uh, they definitely looked to exploit uh, James Milner countless times, especially Phil Foden, who was definitely menacing in the uh, right-hand side. Uh, definitely... Uh, 
always trying to be a troublesome uh, and a menacing player you know with a player of his vast quality so uh, it is inevitable to see James Milner being booked with some of the decisions he is forced to take and yet we have to acknowledge it's also very fortunate that he wasn't sent off with the score still and 1-1 and it was a clear and deliberate trip by him having already made a foul since his booking and he should have seen red so uh, coming into that i actually didn't mention that earlier um he actually tackled uh, bernardo silva if i'm not mistaken in the match against manchester city in the second half and uh, you could have seen uh, pep guardiola going absolutely crazy absolutely furious at the fourth official who was uh, Martin Atkinson, he was going on and on about the foul, uh, saying that he should have gotten a red card, uh, maybe a second yellow and then a red card um, because of the challenge that happened. And then um, uh, everyone would say that it was just a trip, it wasn't serious, maybe the referee uh, sh- you know, shouldn't take the call to actually send him off. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, it could have happened either way. The, the match could have gone either way, we would have played with 10 men. But lucky for us, the stars were on our side. Uh, Milner was still around for us till about the 70th, 75th minute until Jürgen Klopp decided to take, uh, make a substitution and bring on Joe Gomez instead uh, to play at right back. Uh, the wider issue here now remains to be the squad depth. Uh, it's been consistently been uh, spoken of. Uh, we don't have like a right-sided. Uh, Costas Simikas, like how Andrew Robertson has Simikas as a deputy in terms of left back. So in terms of right back, we only have the likes of like Nico Williams and uh, I think Connor Bradley who is uh, playing as uh, right back as well. So these are the only two deputies we have as right back for Trent Alexander-Arnold and I feel that um, not to take away anything from the young players but I just feel that they are not ready to actually face a team with the caliber of Manchester City. So guys coming into the fourth talking point and I think it is going to be talked about for years to come is the unbelievable Mohamed Salah guys. Um, My hands were on my head when I saw the second goal go in. Uh, It was crazy. It was reminiscent of the time um, Mohamed Salah came in the summer of 2017 and played for us against uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, He also did almost the same thing but then just slightly different. He would do a solo run with the ball and dribble it past Lamella and Lamella and Dele Ali and also uh, Toby Alderweireld if I'm not mistaken and then he would pass and then he would kick the ball into the net. Uh, He would score that goal. There was also a second goal but then when you look at it back in this goal this was like um, this was one of those that uh, goals which actually said, uh, which actually stated Mo Salah's intent to actually stay in Liverpool and say that you know, give him what he wants. I think that's what the fans are saying. Give him what he wants, meaning please give the contract extension to Mo Salah as soon as possible. He is the best Premier League player currently. Not only for this season, he's been that way for five seasons um, I don't know any more superlatives to actually give to Mohamed Salah he has been consistently breaking records he has just called a worldie he doesn't he doesn't even has to have to be 
outside of the D box to actually score a worldie. What he actually did against Manchester City was was actually mind-boggling. Looking at the caliber of players that Manchester City have had, and for him to actually do that against Manchester City and actually beat Edison in in the in the right edge of the box and to actually score with his right foot, which is not even his powerful foot. That says a lot about Mo Salah, and they should definitely think about giving him the uh, contract extension. Man, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. It was definitely, in my opinion, a totally, inarguably world-class performance from our Egyptian king. A marvelous assist to Mo, to Sadio Mane as well. Uh, to let money score the first goal in the match uh, that was fantastic and this is definitely a goal of the season contender definitely goal of the season contender i don't know how else uh, to put it he's been amazing for us the past five years and he's continuing to be amazing and despite all this and if the club still is reluctant to even think about giving him a contract i don't know what you guys are smoking I don't know what the what the upper management are smoking right now. You have to look at this because he left four city defenders behind, and um, you know one conceded before today because of uh, Sadio Mane, and then in a heap, and then beating the keeper with his wrong foot, which was nothing short of astonishing. That is that is what I was saying earlier. So that was like absolutely crazy. Add in lots of counters, lots of pressing, lots of covering in defense and tracking back and. And these kind of plays, these are the types of plays that we usually see Liverpool play, and this is how we we've always seen Mo Salah play. You know, uh, in these kind of big games, he always comes up. We've seen, we have had uh, fantastic players over the years, many many years ago. We've had the likes of Steven Gerrard, we've had the likes of Fernando Torres in uh, as a striker, we've had uh, Luis Suarez, who is one of the best strikers in the Premier League and in the world right now. Uh, we've had Daniel Sturridge as well, but then. None of them are, uh, are capable of doing what Mo Salah is doing right now on a consistent basis. It actually took uh, Fernando Torres about one or two years just to get acclimated into the Premier League and actually score 30 odd goals uh, in, a, in a season and to actually continue and doing that. Barring because of the injuries, it didn't happen. But when you look at Mo Salah, over the five years that he's been playing for us, I rarely see him get injured and he, despite getting injured and coming back into the first team he still score goals he still scores so with that being said and then in the Manchester City game you saw a lot of counter pressing you saw a lot of covering in defense you saw him tracking because we have not seen Mo Salah uh, doing a lot of tracking back uh, in defense because we had the likes of Jordan Henderson like I was saying it earlier because Jordan Henderson always filled that role. He always had that midfield role where if Trent Alexander could not get back in time in defence to form the wall and defend the ball from the opponents, Jordan Henderson would do this, would do the defending for him, would help him. Would that that is how they press, that is how they work. But in this game, you didn't see the likes of uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. So there was no real necessity uh, we didn't really see the likes of jordan henderson actually going into support uh, james milner in certain instances but you but in the whole 90 minutes you could always see mohammed salah coming 
from the attacking position going into defense trying to get the ball away going going against the opponent's corners clearing it off trying to play from the back he he kept doing that you we didn't see that happening with jota we didn't see that happening with money but then when with mo salah in this game he definitely wanted to deliver and he delivered the best possible performance he could he assisted the goal for money he scored a worldie in this game i don't know how else he he would want to state his claim as being the best player in the premier league and also stating that you guys need to put an offer for me on the table right now this is how am i prove this is me proving to you that i am the best at what i do and i felt that that is what he did and he, he proved it and the club really need to think about his contract situation by by even even before the winter transfer starts they need, they need to do they need to put it for bid they don't even need to think about it so guys now coming into the final talking point is going to be the table topping battle between liverpool and manchester city manchester city guys whether you like it or not are one of the best teams in the world maybe the best side this year certainly the best one last year which would have seen them recognized as such if not for the manager's tactic tactical overthinking in the champions league final last season they had only considered once this season ahead of this match against liverpool back on the opening day of the season and were looking much much better than the reds at the halfway point of the match like i was saying earlier manchester city were attacking on all fronts they had a lot of the possession they had the biggest attacking threat in the first half we were actually lucky to be coming out with a nil nil draw in the first half as well so as such the second half can be seen as a big response we matched them in many areas and could have beaten them but we remain ahead on points in the table even though there's work to do two wins from the last five in the league isn't ideal when every dropped point can prove costly this might not be another 98 or 100 point season to win the title but it will surely be towards the 85 or so kind of uh, points run unbeaten is tremendous but almost as many as draws as wins isn't quite as fine so guys um with that being said um i would like to reiterate that our current form right now we have we in our last five matches we have won three and we have drawn two so two in the likes of brentford and uh, manchester city so both these matches have come with goal with score draws it's not goalless draws it's score draws um i would definitely accept a, a goalless draw because it still shows that our defense is our backline is still strong uh, we are marshaling players well with like that i also love the fact that we are scoring goals we are definitely not going to stop as an atta- attacking threat towards any team that we face but then dropping points with the likes of brentford and um, you know scoring twice against manchester city is considered a big deal but if you can't back it up with a proper defensive uh, tactical playbook then you are definitely going to get caught and i felt that um, in this match we definitely got caught because um not to take anything away from james milner i felt that uh, he did as much as he could against phil foden uh, barring the 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 goal that phil foden scored as well he couldn't track him back on time uh, those are the kind of uh, tactical uh play plays there where 
we seem to lack at times and even at, even in defense there were certain instances we were let allowing with the likes of Jack Grealish and also the likes of Raheem Sterling who came uh, towards the end of the match and also Phil, Fo- Phil Foden who was a, a, a very major attacking threat for Manchester City and with the likes of Bernardo Silva as well I, I don't want to take away anything from Bernardo Silva that dribbling that he actually did against the midfield three that we had uh, it was astounding but it could have been dealt with better if Curtis Jones and Jordan Henderson and the other players around them would have uh, you know, done justice by supporting Fabinho as and when necessary because there was a lot of ball watching in the first half and then come the second half when the game started to you know there was there was more pep there was a, there was a lot of uh, you know back and forth in the game and then we saw the likes of Bernardo Silva dribbling past four players four Liverpool players so these kind of things we rarely see these these kind of things happen but it's definitely one that we should be keeping tabs on and avoiding for against future opponents see these kind of these kind of stuff so with that being said then we are come we have come into the international break and then with the challenges that we bring then we must get back into winning ways against Watford and then after Watford we have a match against our arch rivals Manchester United guys so guys with that being said in terms of talking points I'm sure um, all the Liverpool fans out there you have your own um, opinions in this match um, but what, all I can say is we are still unbeaten despite the two draws that we have gained from Brentford and against Manchester City um, in terms of the big six that we played we played against uh, Chelsea and we have played against Manchester City to get two points from these two matches is um, it's okay but then um, for the Chelsea game we could have won it we could have won it 2-1 uh, we could have capitalized on the red card for these games, like I said. Um, but with this Manchester City game, I was hoping that we could have won it as well, barring all the defensive calamity and all that that we were having at the back. So these are the kind of uh, unstable, uh, you know, concerns that we are having at this moment because uh, with you know having injuries for you know injuries to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Thiago, Harvey Elliott and then uh, these kind of players who are technically gifted players uh, not having them in the squad is definitely giving us an effect on the pitch as well mm, it was very very obvious you know not to take anything away from James Milner he's a fantastic professional um, he's been in the game for almost 10-15 years of his career He's played in various positions. Uh, even though the right back position is not his strongest position, he always uh, he always uh, puts in a shift, works hard, tries to get into defensive positions as quickly as possible. Um, he is always the hardest worker in the room. Uh, people try to make uh, you know try to troll him, make fun of him, you know, uh, with this kind of uh, statement saying that he's an old man playing in a very fast uh, you know fast paced football game and stuff like that but then uh, say what you want uh, James Milner is still a fantastic player despite his age he still he still has uh, his his running is still good he still has a lot of stamina he still has a lot of endurance in him left uh, he still played well despite uh, Phil Foden trying to be a menacing factor for Manchester City. I felt that he still did well. Um, 
so thank god that uh, you know Jurgen Klopp sh- saved our blushes you know not uh, letting Milner get a red card in that sense and bringing in Joe Gomez so guys coming into the next topic for this podcast episode is going to be injury news so uh, nothing new here uh, the most co- current uh, injury news that we have now is Trent Alexander Arnold who missed uh, the Champions League clash against Porto and our Premier League cla- clash uh, against Manchester City with a groin injury so hopefully he can be available for uh, the weekend's game against uh, Watford uh, so they had further assessments uh, previously in Porto and then they said it was a little bit serious so he didn't look great for Porto and against Manchester City as well so uh, hopefully he can come in for us against uh, uh, Watford so he's not the only player to have missed the Manchester City clash so with Thiago and Harvey Elliott also sidelined for the foreseeable future leaving club with few options in midfield so uh, the only current option on midfield that we have is uh, Henderson, Fabinho, Naby Keita and uh, uh, Alex Oxley-Chamberlain as well. So not to mention Curtis Jones and Diogo Jota as well are also sidelined, could be sidelined with injuries as well due to some um, muscle issues. So uh, other uh, injury news like I said earlier was uh, Curtis Jones and Diogo Jota both under fitness clouds on international duty. Uh, they are doubt to feature their respective countries in the coming days due to fitness concerns. The Reds medical department have not been short of injury concerns at the start of the season with the likes of uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, like I said earlier, Thiago, Javi Elliott, James Milner all needing treatment. Uh, the international break is always a time for those like uh, Trent and Thiago to press ahead in their recovery, but equally as stressful as Reds hope for no further injuries guys for those representing their country and while not currently considered serious both Curtis Jones and Jota have had to sit out of training sessions and in the former's case a game due to respective niggles so like I said earlier they had some injury concerns so there are few niggling injury problems that they have so Curtis Jones also missed the under 21 clash with Slovenia on Thursday night having been expected to start with manager Lee Carsley revealing the 20 year old experience tightness in his groins. So Jota on the other hand has not been present for Portugal's training sessions ahead of their friendly against Qatar on Saturday due to some muscle problems as per uh, the Portuguese reporting journalists from Desporto. Uh, so it leaves him in serious doubt to feature but as consistent starter for Fernando Santos's Portugal. So guys heading on into the injury news, uh, we've also seen Thiago sidelined at least uh, after the Manchester City game on October 3rd. The sight of the Liverpool midfielder on crutches has sparked concern he could be out for longer. So. This injury concern right now, this is quite bad guys because we have a lot of creative midfielders who are currently injured right now. Uh, so hopefully all of them can be back. Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, Thiago has been absent since the 3-0 win over Crystal Palace on September 18th with the Spaniard forced off due to injury just after the hour mark. Uh, his replacement Nabi Keita struck a stunning volley to steal the victory on that day but then he has since also joined the injury list as well as one of three midfielders out. Um, 
So now the situation is likely to put heavier emphasis on Fabinho and also our captain uh, Jordan Henderson as regular starters while our manager will rely upon a mix of youth and experience as a third option alternating between Curtis Jones and James Milner. Um, like I said earlier, we also know now that Curtis Jones is injured, so there will be more heavy reliance on uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Nabi Keita if he is deemed fit uh, for the match against uh, Watford. So Liverpool have gone from considering the midfield as their strongest area to now being short of bodies with no return date set for Harvey Elliott who is currently recovering from an ankle uh, uh, dislocation. So. Uh, speaking on Thiago's calf injury prior to the week's 3-3 draw uh, against Brentford, Klopp also admitted it was not 100% clear how long the number 6 would be out, but suggested he would also miss at least the next two games against Porto and Man City. Uh, so there were some images of Thiago uh, walking in crutches, so hopefully he would be back against Watford. But if not Watford, then hopefully he would be back uh, as we know in the rivalry match against uh, Manchester United. So guys, we have come almost to the end of this episode. So uh, just a couple of things that I would like to remind you guys. So these are the list of the next five fixtures that we are going to have uh, in our calendar for October. Uh, so on the Saturday of 16th of October, we are going to have an early kickoff against Watford, away to Watford in the Premier League. And then on Tuesday, 19th of October, which is Wednesday early morning in Malaysian time, uh, we will be facing Atletico Madrid away in the Champions League. And then on Sunday, 24th of October, we will be facing Manchester United away at Old Trafford. So it is a big, big clash coming up for us, guys. So hopefully we'll be ready by then. And then our, our final, not to say final match week, uh, match... Uh, on the 27th of October would be against Preston North End which is a League Cup fixture so with that being said so uh, these are the list of fixtures next five fixtures that we'll be having hopefully we can uh, get some good results in for these uh, competitions especially the League Cup as well hopefully we can get through it and in the Champions League as well hopefully we can get another three, three points and definitely try to take some revenge against uh, Atletico Madrid. So guys, with that being said, we have come to the end of this podcast episode. I would like to take this time to thank all my listeners and also to remind you to like, share and subscribe to my YouTube page. Don't forget to click on the bell icon for notifications. And you can also access my podcast episodes via Spotify and do follow my podcast for upcoming episodes. I've also opened up a new Instagram account and also a Facebook account as Facebook page as well. For my podcast show, do head on over to follow the page for latest updates and team news and also small snippets on my upcoming episodes. So with that being said, signing off, your Liverpool junkie, Poovan. Thank you so much for listening. Have a boss day ahead, Liverpool fans. And you'll never walk alone, guys. Take care.